Just an FYI that this week's episode was recorded before the quarantine began. Though the launch party for Aaron's book, The Astonishing Life of August March, has been delayed until August, the novel will indeed be available to purchase on April 7th, wherever books are sold. And don't pretend like you don't have the time. Okay, moi. They're all here. The divas, princes, and living legends you should be obsessed with. Sitting down with me. I'm David Goldberg. These are the Luminaries. This time, it's the improv comedy demigod Aaron Jackson on the launch of his first novel, The Astonishing Life of August March, coming April 7th. I hope you enjoy. Okay, wait, is this for me? It's for you. Uh, I open it now. Okay, great. <laughs> Aaron Jackson, welcome to the podcast. I am delighted to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I was thrilled to be with you at Mattachine last night. Yes, we're at old, the old standby Julius. I know. Julius's. I know. It was so, it really, we were talking about it last night, but it really is kind of like the last bastion yeah. of like this undiscovered territory. I like it because um, it, I say you always meet um You'll always t- you'll see someone you know, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, so it feels like it has a Cheers vibe, yes. and then but also you always talk to a stranger there, which I don't think is the case at every um, bar, be it gay or straight. Yes, you'll always talk to a stranger, and sometimes it's kooky, but a lot of times it's lovely. Yeah, and they played, you know, of all the Stevie Nicks songs. <laughs> They played The Chain by Fleetwood Mac, and it was so powerful. It was really funny to, like, go to a party and have it, uh, like, a DJ, and then it's just sort of, like, 70s, like, scarf music. Yes, it was, yes. And wasn't, like, the obvious witchy disco choices? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, go hard to the chain. But I... Yeah, I loved it. It was it was uh, surprising. And yeah, there is that party machine. There is something really cinematic about it. Everyone mm-hmm. looks like they're in a movie. Yeah, I've been before to that party where you like couldn't breathe. It was packed. Mm-hmm. But last night was kind of a nice. It was just like, it was full, but not like kill me full. Yeah, that's a, it's such a little shoebox of a bar. I know. God it's love it. God love it. it. Yeah. The burgers, <laughs> the fries. Imagine going to the duplex downstairs. I never do that. Wait, ever. the duplex downstairs. You know, oh, like oh the like the like, piano bar. Yeah. So Henry Kapersky yes. used to play there a lot on their like piano nights. So there was a, a little era where a bunch of people would go and sing songs. Okay. It was super fun. I love so but then I've gone before because it's like I have that in my mind is what it is. And then I go and it's just like a bunch of straight people singing piano man. Right. It's like, oh, this isn't like Larry Owens. Singing the score of Sunday in the Park with George. This is uh, this <laughs> Doing is a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Backwards and forwards. Right. Yeah, that's where I met a lot of uh, people though at those little piano nights down there. But yeah, it's not. I didn't know that that's not really the vibe there. Right. Yeah, yeah and I've curated. never been to. Um, what's the other piano one? Right. Oh, Marie's Crisis. I've never been there. Now that one feels very. I went to like a uh, like a theater conservatory for college. Okay. So that, I, I have definitely like PTSD when I oh. go to somewhere like Maurice Crisis. Like a bunch of like, you know, choir gals like around the piano, like like gleefully singing oh, on no. the, and they know all the little like oh, rips no. and tricks from the recording. So, uh, but it can be delightful. Okay. But I have also, uh, yeah, definitely like, uh, can it, yeah, can bring back trauma. So you <laughs> came from a super structured ed- 
academic artistic environment. Yeah, I like. would hardly call it academic, but yeah, super structured. Okay. Yeah, and it was then, just and self serious. It sounds very like. serious. Uh, we had like a good sense of humor about it. Like most of the kids there, like knew it was ridiculous. And okay. it, it was hard not to know good. it was ridiculous. But we were all very like passionate about theater. Like even yeah. when we were rolling our eyes at our crazy teachers, you were just like, "But this is the art." <laughs> But yeah, I when I talk to other people about their college experience, where they're like, "Oh, I had um, two like, I had classes twice a week, yeah, and then like did this work study and did this," and I'm like, "What?" Because especially freshman year, we had classes from like. 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. And then you, like, shoveled food down your mouth and then went to rehearsal if you were in a play. Unbelievable. And so you were, like, not... And then at, like, 10.30 at night, you're, like, pounding wine with your friends. Like, <sighs> uh, But I was like, oh, that's Doing not my collegiate experience at all. And then you careened <laughs> into the kind of abject gibberish of... Of you know, co- improv comedy. Of comedy, yeah, of improv. Yeah, I found another structure to uh, give my life to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. like, I think by definition cannot be self-serious, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, again, I was very serious about improv at okay. that time. Like, I wanted to get very good. I practiced many times a week, was in multiple Amazing. practice groups. You know, I was committed to the craft <laughs> of getting good at it. So now we're obviously here to talk about the book, Astonishing Life of August March. Yeah. So I'm most curious about the process of writing this book because you're known as someone who's in a hyper collaborative world Uh you know you usually work you often work with a comedy partner you often work like with a team or a group and you're in this form where you get like immediate feedback and you often do something completely different the next night so to do something so solitary that takes so long on its own before it even gets like human contact on it i'm so curious about that process yeah that's a good question um so i start i always liked to write when I was little and even even through like high school, I would sort of like I, w- I would write like a screenplay with a friend that we yes. would film, you know, like something <laughs> shitty like that. Um, but was always like trying to create a novel. Often it was like a fantasy world because I, I like fantasy. I know you do as well. Um, so it was always like creating like, oh, here's my space opera, you yes. know, and like kind of like carving out the world and then like trying to write it and being like, this is hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I got really into theater and went to theater school. And didn't have as much time to write, but I'd still like just doodle jokes and little stories like during class when you weren't paying attention and pass it to your friend who liked that kind of stuff, you know that. And then when I moved to New York, was not, um, hadn't really delved into the comedy scene quite yet, like my first year here. What was this? So I moved to New York in 2007. Okay. And I started classes at the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater, which, is my, which was my... Um, entry point into the comedy world in 2008. So I had like a year of kind of going to auditions and getting a job and like getting my feet landed in New York. But during that year, I was not performing at all because I didn't have an outlet yet. And that was very hard and and dark for me because I like to perform. And the Um, city and the scene look completely different. I mean, Bush was president. Yeah, yeah. Completely. People don't, like, all these kids that are, like, when, um, they're kids, they're adults, but when (laughs) Trump got elected and they were, like, devastated, which, of course, I was, too, but I was, like, oh, you've never voted for someone who's lost. (laughs) Like, you voted for Obama, and you're, like, it's going to be great, always. It was, like, oh, no, like, it's bad a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Often twice in a row. Um, Yeah. Like, it's really bad. So, yeah, I I did live in New York in the Bush era. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, um, so, but to... to, 
Since I had no outlet, like creative outlet at all, other than auditions, which is the worst. That's not I'm a creative not, outlet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I started writing again, and I was writing plays at that time, um, and I never put I never put them up. I did a reading of one with like friends, but mm. never put them up. And then I'd always kind of been like, oh, I should write. I wanted to always write a novel, as I said, like, uh, you know, and so I was like, well, I'm not doing anything, so I might as well. And then I started writing, like, fiction, like that, during that time. So that was, and that was probably in, like, 2008, I started writing a book that is, it won't, it's done, but it will never be published. It's bad. I wrote a bad book. (laughs) Um, And then uh, eventually got to this one that I'm writing now. But so I was doing that when I was, like, taking comedy classes at UCB and still was not mm-hmm. performing that much. But it was a nice, like, oh, okay, like, I'm doing these classes, so I feel like I'm moving forward. And then, like, I'm also writing, so my, mm-hmm. I'm creatively energized in this way and, you know, poor and running around and all of that. Jazz. Um, but, yeah. And so, I, but to talk about the, like, difference between, like, collaboration and solitary, I kind of really like, I think it plays into, like, my personality well because I, I am very like outgoing and love to see people and like love to go out to Mattachine and yeah. see all the girls and like have a great night yes. and um, you know sip and twirl but then I also do love to be like completely alone for many hours in a day as well so I think the writing it is a nice like mesh mesh of like oh I can be if I'm wanting to work a lot of times when I'm alone I just don't want to do anything (laughs) but just lay down Uh, but it's like oh I can write and do this and then I can go out and do a comedy show so it's like a nice kind of like balance I guess yeah that's something I like about New York is like okay if you are in agony writing something yeah you can like leave the house and have fun yeah and come back and it's okay it's still there it takes a long time it's okay (laughs) so I uh, yeah I have so many questions for you about this because you know last year I wrote half of a fantasy novel wow that's wait do you know like how many words like what would you say or a pages or like what would you say half is because fantasy was, novels can be like 900 I know. pages yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like maybe you wrote a full book <laughs> I think it was like 170 pages yeah 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 are written that's I mean that counts as a novel. The, really. You could that could be enough. <laughs> Again, it would be a bad. Yeah, 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 novel. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and it is just such a curious thing because it like the best part about it was like making this Spotify playlist uh-huh. and just like going into that world. Yeah, yeah, for like yeah. many hours out of the day, even when I wasn't actively writing the book, even just on the subway was just like leaving this planet and going there. Yes, oh, I love that. And a part of me, like, I was so mad at myself as it became more obvious that I wasn't writing it anymore and that like it, uh-huh. it was languishing. But a part of me is like, oh, I still got to like spend a lot of yeah. months in this alternate reality. And it is like, still there if you ever want to go yeah. back to it sometimes you know I think I Stephen so. King is always like oh I found this novel in my drawer that I thought was shit and then I just sort of edited it it's good <laughs> and you're like, oh. oh right yeah, sometimes you do yeah I just need to kind of step away from it for a while to get perspective um, I love fantasy and the first book I wrote was kind of like a little fa- I mean it was definitely fantastical it wouldn't call it like mm-hmm. a fantasy novel it was also like a mystery mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was brutal and that's why it was bad because it's like you have to do a lot of world building and then a mystery is like you have to be like you know leaving breadcrumbs that, around I, and, I know, and, and so you're that. sort of like writing backwards which I'm not very good at and then I started writing another book and it was also sort of like a little more fantasy and that uh, when I got 
I wouldn't say halfway through, but like a third of the way through, but maybe it was halfway through. I don't know, but got like, oh, this is falling into a lot of the same yeah things I did in that first book, and so I stopped that. And then with this book, the Astonishing Life of August March is coming out. I was like, let's keep it simple. This is as simple as I can go. <laughs> this book okay. is like, let's just like no. I mean, there's world building because it's you're writing a novel, but it's not like. And it is, like, I would call it a tall tale. I'm putting it in quotes. Okay. Like, it, this could never happen. Um, but you didn't have to develop, like, right, like a new race. technology. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Because when you're doing it, you're like, I have fucking cracked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am George Lucas. Right. And then, and like, then... right when you bump up against something and you're like, and why do why can't they just do that? And you're like, well, now I have to invent. What? Like, and it's like, because of their government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that a lot where I'm like, is there conflict or yeah, yeah. no? Because it's that could like, be like a thing. That just we might a mood. Do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, just kind of a vibe for about 3,000 yeah. pages. Yeah. It's my vibe epic. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying fucking, did you ever read Samuel Delaney? I don't think so, no. What Anyways, is... he's this like gay sci-fi writer. Oh, cool. And, anyways, I just bought one of his books. It's a thousand pages. I know. And I think I'm on page 300 and I'm like, can That's a book. we get going? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Sometimes like a big fat fantasy novel, they're like, we're rocking you along the whole yes. time. This is why it's a thousand pages and you're like, I live. Yes. And then sometimes it is a lot of like, she she held the cup to her lips oh, and God. the liquid poured down her throat. That's like, very uh, Miss of Avalon. Uh, it's like, oh, we've yeah, been yeah. here before. <laughs> Did you read... um? Um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Noir. I yeah. did because that is like a thousand pages. I was like, every goddamn I loved that minute, one. I am in it to win. And it. people say that one's slow, and I'm that like, huh? Fun. Wizards? <laughs> like, to me, I, <laughs> every detail. Flipping the pages, and yes. The, and the fairies, oh, <laughs> and the footnotes, and the yeah. miniseries. That's a very good miniseries. Oh, I haven't watched it. I should read that book again. It's been I might a long time. It. The the it's on Netflix. The miniseries. Yeah, it's, it's actually oh, like. Fun. One of those times when the BBC just, like, they're like, we've got this. we got it. Don't worry. Yeah, which is so relaxed. Um, I've been reading uh, in the past couple of years that author, N.K. Jemison. Yes, I read her on your recommendation. Did you like? I really liked. It's fun. I think. I think her prose, she really, like, has fun, which I like. Yeah. And because I think sci-fi prose can often be like a little heavy. Sure, yeah. She's like kind of like delish. Yeah. <laughs> like a little saucy, which I really like. And she lives in Brooklyn. And it's like, I, I can feel that, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, and like she's doing really groundbreaking things in terms of the types of like characters that are in the book but she does it in a way where it's like you know what she's doing but right. she's not like shoving it yeah it's not uh, it's not like preachy or it's just yeah. like this is the world like get in get in or get out yeah <laughs> Hun. Hun. so when did you st- when what was the genesis of this book like when did this start how did we get here well i have a i have trouble thinking of this because I know, it can be hard and because i just i finished the book a long time ago and then there was like a saga of getting it like representation and then getting a publisher so that that like took a while so i can't always remember but i know i've been i know i was having just because of emails having people read like early drafts when it was done but it was still like this is a mess but will you read it in like 2015 so I think I was writing it in like 
I think I wrote most of it in 2014. Maybe started it in 2013. I can't really remember. And I also took like breaks because by this point I was doing a lot of comedy. So yeah. I was like doing things. So I I would take breaks while writing it. I, w- I was very diligent when it was like when it was flowing. But then there would be like, okay, I didn't write for a month mm-hmm. because I was like just really slammed at doing other work, which like work in quotes but yes. you know, like doing yeah. some comedy and like I had a I was teaching at UCB at that time and it was on the tour co so it was like uh, I just had a lot and then was still waiting tables at that at that at the end of that and that's 2013 emails and answering emails I mean, my that's... god and still going out on the town there's <laughs> <laughs> only so many hours but so it was like uh I it wasn't like I wrote every day and finished in six months or whatever it, so uh, it's confusing and then it and then it very much like languished on the computer for a while okay, while I was like finding representation and all that so yeah it's, that's kind of reassuring to you yeah though, that yeah it's like Things can, like, you can go through dormant periods. And right. You, and you can still pick it back up again. Yeah, and always just knowing, like, I always had, especially when it got to a place where I was like, this feels good. Yeah. Like, I, I, I still obviously needs work. It needs an editor. It needs lots of notes and stuff. But it's like, I feel like this is ready to be taken out to show to people. But that is, that's frustrating. <laughs> when that's just, like, sitting on your computer and you're like, what do I do? So you had this before you had representation. You had written it. I had written it. Before, definitely before I had representation for like a lit representation, okay. I had, God, I don't know when I got my like agent agent, but I had an, the, how I ended up getting my literature agent was I had an agent for like acting. Right. And he, I, I go, I met this agency that's like one of those big mega agencies. So they're like, well, we have a literature department. So he was able to like push it along with like a flag. It's like, read this. Amazing. Um, but he, the point is you that. wrote it. On your own. Yeah, I wrote it on spec, on they call spec. it. Nobody paid me. Yes. Um, nobody had heard of it. <laughs> nobody, okay. I hadn't, like, pitched an outline or an idea or, or anything. I just wrote it. So when you wrote it, um, are you someone when you're writing who, like, will... Because whenever I'm writing something, I'll go into this mode where I'll, like, just watch or read anything that I think might, like fit with the vibe I'm feeling mm, and I'll mm-hmm. like get really into that zone. Do you do that? Like when you're, do you like pull influences together? Is it just kind of ready to go? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I find I, I'm a very eclectic reader. I, I read like trash to treasure and I read yes, like most same. genres. I'm not like a, like I like, you know, high award winning like literature and then I like like a trashy memoir. Yes. You know, like I have a good I can read it all. Um and I'll just <clears throat> but I I'm not saying like if I wrote this book, I wasn't like this book takes place and it's a coming of age novel, so it takes place in like from the late from like the thirties to the sixties. It goes like a, in that time and I, I um in New York City. And I wasn't like reading a bunch of New York books or a bunch of like okay. books in the forties or anything like that. But I will be, I'm, I can definitely feel like influence from the book I'm reading, especially if I love yeah. the book I'm reading. I'm like, I'll be like, oh, I'm just like fully copying yeah. <laughs> how they write <laughs> like that. right now. Uh, but I think sometimes that's good. It's like it just d- like moves the synapses in your brain and yeah. like makes you make a connection you wouldn't normally make. So I would, I'm definitely like influenced by what I'm reading at the time, and I am a big reader. I love to read, so like I'm reading a lot, and that I can feel that like flow in my writing. And then maybe if I don't come back to that for many months I wouldn't see that anymore right. but at the time I can feel like ooh I'm I am Ishiguro <laughs> so in terms of when you started 
When did it become official, like, that it was, okay, we're, it's, like, going to be published, like, we're moving along? Um, God, okay, 2018, October 2018. So in September wow. 2018, we took out, my agent, like, submitted it to editors at publishing houses because they're the ones who have to say, like, I like it, and then and then they, the editor, like, pitches it to their publishing house because the publishing house might randomly be like, oh, we already have... <laughs> a big book right. like this that we're pushing, so no. Um, and then if the publishing house says yes, then you, you know, start doing contracts and stuff like that. So that by that point, how did you feel about it? Like, were you like, <laughs> oh, this? Or were you like, yeah. had you given up? Were you still, like, really gung-ho? Like, I don't think I'd given up because we hadn't we hadn't sent it out yet. And I worked with my agent for a long time. He gave me many, okay. many, many batches of notes on it, <clears throat> which was helpful. I liked his notes. They were incredibly helpful. Um, and and so I was, like, tired. I'm so, I was certainly tired of it, I think. <laughs> but uh, but also <laughs> um, also had a job at that. I was on a Comedy Central show at that right. point. So, like, had a job. So you could just be like, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I have a job. And yes. I'll always have a job. <laughs> and okay. I don't anymore. Uh, but, like, so I, it was a nice... And then, right, that show got canceled, like, the very end of June 2018. And then that was when we were, like, gung-ho, getting ready to go on the book. So it was nice timing. It was like, okay, this is canceled. But my agent was like, okay, we're almost there. Let's, like, wait after August because everyone's out of town in August. No one will be here. And then in September, we'll, like, be ready to go. So you could have some healthy amount of detachment while you were doing the show, which is probably really good. Yeah, I think so. And also I think it did help that I wrote the book so long ago that by the time it was like, okay, we're busy, I wasn't, like, very precious with it anymore. And, of course, I'm, like, saying, like, I had no problem. You know, if they're like, this is bad, you're like, no, it's not. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But, but, um, (laughs) but, like, it was much more if they were like, hey, whatever, section two is pretty long. It would be great if we could lose, like, 20 pages. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Slash it. (laughs) Like, you're right. Fuck section two. You know, like... (laughs) So that, well, it was helpful. It wasn't like I had just written section two. It was like, actually, this is integral. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't understand. You don't get it. (laughs) You don't get it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I did have detachment. And then by the time I worked with my editor, which started in like December 2018, was like getting notes from her. I like loved her notes and she was great. So then it was like exciting. And that also felt like, okay, now we're like, I'm going to get paid one. Uh, which is like, that's amazing. So it's like, oh, I'm actually working for money and it, it will get published. Like, the, And I loved her notes. So it was like, this is like, not, then I had fun. I had fun in that editing process with her. <clears throat> I liked that. Okay. And I, and I liked it with my agent too. It was just a lot more like, Jesus fucking And Christ. that was probably like reinvigorating. To, yeah. It was like, oh, this like, is real. Yeah, it's not okay. just like on my computer and never going to, and I wrote it for no reason. Okay. So and <clears> since <throat> you put the final draft away till now when it's coming out mm-hmm. in, like very soon, how right. long has April it been? April 7th. Um, I, in the summer of 2019, did like my final where they were like, look for... You know, dot your eyes, look for your... I mean, they obviously have copy editors, but they they gave me one last, like, okay, like, you can change stuff, but, like, it's got to be, like, if you change something more than two sentences, that's kind of a big deal. You know, it was, like, a it was a a light pass where you're, like, actually, I don't, like, can we cut that sentence? You know, or, like, ooh, make this a whatever. Um, That And that was in the summer. And then I just got one, actually, not just, it was a couple months ago, 
or I guess like a month ago, where they're like, oh, read it again and just like look for any type of, they're like, you can't really change anything. And that was hard. I like just skimmed it. I was like, it's fine. Just, yeah, <laughs> just like, fuck this book. Oh, so when I uh, saw you in Fire Island in August, uh-huh. you were kind of like, it was done. More or less done. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> wow, so you really had like earned that vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a fun vacation for sure. <laughs> you were just laid out and yeah. put, put on the sand to look at the <laughs> exactly. water. Exactly. Yeah. Your work is done. I'm done. She's dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about, um, did you ever see the Edith Piaf movie with Marion Cotillard? No, I really want to see it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. And there's all these scenes of like old Edith being wheeled around on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, that was me. Fire Fire Island. Me and all my twinks. Bring me a boy. (laughs) Yeah, bring me a boy. (laughs) Fetch me one. Garçon. Yeah. Garçon. Um, Okay, so how are you feeling now? I feel good. And now I'm starting, of course, I mean, I'm acting, not acting, I'm I'm being very, like, cavalier about it. But, of course, you're just, like, riddled with anxiety this entire (laughs) time and, like, it's horrible. Um, But And now I'm just having the thing where, like, I'm, I, I'm, what I am nervous about now is, of course, it's like the throwing a birthday party and no one comes. I'm like, I, I think people will read it and hate it and, you know, discover I'm a fraud. The classic artist, um, the <laughs> classic artist thing. But um, I am really just trying to, like, activate my higher self and just be like, just enjoy this moment. Yeah. Because even if I do get another book published, which I hope I do, I will never, ever again be publishing my first book. Like, this will, even if I publish another book, it'll yeah. be, like, the second book. And th- so this is, like, I'm trying to enjoy this singular moment in my You're life. You're right, because there is something kind of pure about the uh, the total ignorance you have of what, yeah. what it's going to be like. You know, there is this, like, pure... You're, you're careening into something. Yeah. So, there, yeah, you can't replicate that. Of, right. That, like, blissful... And it might be, like, I'm not... I am... A, I'm one of the things I am... Um, blessed with maybe as a Taurus yes, uh, is sort of a level head so I'm not like exp- I'm not like my expectations are not like if this is not on the New York Times bestseller list I'm gonna kill myself you know like I, I know what the book is I love the book I'm proud of the book but it's like um, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check and stuff but I, I'm just gonna try to enjoy the ride and enjoy myself I love that you're doing the Joe's Pub show to celebrate yes, it on April 7th because I think to me <laughs> This is one of those things, like, especially as a queer person as and an, as an artist, and I know you had a wedding, which is amazing, but yeah. this to me is, like, the equivalent of, like, getting married. Yeah, 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 For yeah. straight people, especially, of, like, oh, you wrote a book. Like, yeah. we should celebrate it. And, like, <laughs> I'm glad you're giving all your people, like, the chance to come and, like, And I've actually love. never done a solo show, and I, I've had an idea for one for a long time that I never was just, like, that into, even though I liked it and thought it would be good. But then when I found out the book was going to get published, I was like, wait, I'll just do Great. a solo book. Because I do have a lot of, like, little, I have a lot of readings, like, comedic readings, and I've done them around town before it shows, but it's like, this is, this will be perfect. And I can I do a show that I'm excited about. Can, like, it. funnel a lot of your anxiety into that. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just, like, the day the book comes out, like, getting DMs. That's what I'm, like, yes. congrats. I know. Like, I'm excited yeah. that I'm not just going to be, like, sitting in my house being, like, should we go to a bookstore? Like, uh, that I'll be, like, in a mad rush, like, producing. Like, calling Henry and being, like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> what do we need? Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, you like, won't be Lady Gaga in that, in that documentary yeah. when she goes to Walmart oh, right. to get the CD. Like, yeah, you don't need to do that. 
<laughs> I know. So I'll, I think it'll be nice. I'll have a, you know, I'll have a sound check to do that day. I'll be busy. <laughs> what were, what would you say was the hardest part of doing this? Um, I, of like writing a book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think it is the like, it is the self-sabotage and just the sticking with it. Because like you, it, it was bad. Like, okay. for you know, like, you write the first draft, and it's like, okay, like, you can, you, there's, like, raw, something's here. Yes. But it takes so long to write a first draft that you're like, this is bad. You know, <laughs> yes. and, and the whole time, it, and you'll be like, oh, I love this joke, or I love this moment, this scene is perfect, like, and yeah. there are things from the first draft that are, like, unedited still in it, you know what I mean? So I'm not saying, like, the whole thing is shit, but it's like... Oh, God, like, and then it goes so slow here for a while. Then you need someone else to be like, well, you could cut that entire section and say it in two sentences. And you're like, "Ah, that's what I should have done. (laughs) It should have been that and not 20 pages. You're so right. Uh, But like, so it's, it's, but it's just like dealing with your inner editor, which you need. You have, you need someone to be like, no, not that. Oh, yes, this. But, um, but of course it is, um. Yeah. It's a, a negative voice in your head, which you need. You do need, like people always say, like ignore the negative voice, which is true. Like it does get, but it's like, but that is your that is like a defense mechanism to stay alive. And, and it, it, like in the you know the don't eat that berry, it might be yeah. poison. And then like, um, and also when you're writing, it's like no, that like should it be like this? And your your like little inner fairy is like, ooh, da, da, da. And yeah. they're like, well, no, that actually makes no sense. <laughs> and you're like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, but it's it's knowing the balance of like being able to listen to the inner editor but not give them full reins because yeah. especially in that first draft it does need to be like feel creative so is think, there is there anything if well I don't know if you're thinking already of writing something new or anything mm-hmm. like that is there anything that you feel like you've learned or that you want to uh, that I, you know will maybe be easier the second go around now that you've like it's hard because it's like I thought because I have written a whole other book before this right. book. And I was like, oh, now that I've done it and this one's not good, like, I know it. The, the, well, I guess it is true. It did help to know I could do it. Yes. it like, that was, it was like, you have done it. You have written a book. This is bad. You might never write a good book <laughs> right. or a publishable book, but you can write a book. <clears throat> so I, I think that is, like, still even what I took away from this one. It's just like, okay, like. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I've started writing other things, but very, like, lightly. And I'm, I do other writing with people, like you said, collaboratively in more, like, film TV stuff. And so that has, like, taken up a lot of t- my time and I haven't been able to write fiction in the way that I w- okay. want to. But um, I do – hopefully when I – if I am able to do it again, it will be, like, you the the – I will remember that I have done it. <laughs> You could do it. You could do it. And just knowing, like, okay, like, you didn't get a lot done. So, like, little daily goals. Like I I try to write, like, 1,500 words a day. Oh, wow. And then I let myself be okay, like, not be mad at myself if I wrote 1,000. Like, that's fine. Like, 1,500 is the goal, but if you do 1,000, you're fine. And then if – but if I do – under a thousand, I'm allowed to be mad or just like have to be there a long time because some days it is just like not clicking. But you're like you have to like put in the time or you fall out of the habit. And your brain does writing fiction. Your brain goes into a, I think, or at least for me, a different space. And you need to like be inhabiting that space yeah. a lot. Or your brain, it, it's different than writing like a pilot or a screenplay or something. It's just a different. It's a different medium. So you're you're yeah. writing in a different way. Um, and a book is like you're writing, and this will be it. 
Whereas like a screenplay, you're like you're writing, knowing it will be enhanced by actors, cameras, right. uh, you know, sound, music. Like it's this is just like like a map or something. I don't know. It's not the actual mountain, right? right? It's a map of the mountain. And whereas like a book is like this is the mountain. Like this is the whole thing. So that it's this is a different it occupies a different space in your head, and you have to stay in that space. I think. But and so, what's scary is when you're yeah. in that space, you're like, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. This feels like you're home. Like, uh, yeah. And then if I you trip it. up once, yeah. you're just like, who wrote that? Like, who was I? What's my yeah. name? Yeah. And having like yeah. two bad days in a row or like three bad. And not, I mean, where you're just like, I'm not really getting a lot done. And I sort of hate yeah. everything. And like, I like a lot of times I like to know, I, I don't outline when I write fiction or I haven't really much before because I kind of like in that first draft oh. to be very like let's discover which is I think why I run into problems a lot in like act Same. threes quote unquote because you're like what the fuck is this supposed to happen and that's I know I can't write a mystery either because I'm like oh, how was I supposed to know I have so much respect for mystery writers and it's another genre that people sort of roll their eyes out I'm like this is fucking incredible can imagine. you plot like this no you cannot <laughs> you'd be doomed you just write your complicated family and leave it at that exactly um, but yeah oh, I don't remember what I was talking about but um, oh process yeah writing's hard yeah, okay <laughs> I'm curious because, you know, you, you were on The Opposition, mm-hmm. and I'm curious about, like, because I assume that that was one of your first times being exposed to, like, network standards, censors, yeah. like, gl- like large-scale audience responses to things. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. curious, like, how that informs, even when you're writing, like, film or TV stuff now, mm-hmm. like, how that, now that you've seen, like, kind of the inner workings of the industry, and, like, now that you've seen how, like large-scale audiences operate. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious if, like, that's and changed your point of view or maybe your your process when you're doing bigger stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. So The Opposition was, like, a satirical news show on Comedy Central, like, in the vein of The Daily Show. So that is a very specific job. Yeah. Like, you're doing topical humor four days a week, it's a Monday through Thursday, and you're putting up shows that day um, that you didn't know, that you had no script for earlier that day. So it's, like, very specific and very weird. So so I, I learned so much from that job, and it, um, I had a great time at it. But that it's, like, I wonder what lessons I took away from that that are applicable to other, like, types of writing even. Because okay. it's such a... Well, and um, Jordan Klepper was the host of it, and he had been on The Daily Show, and he said that Jon Stewart told him, like, you'll have one uh, – this was about The Daily Show, not about his show. He's like, you'll have one great show a week, you'll have two, like, okay shows, and you'll have one bad show. He's like, you just have to, like, pick it up, move on, do the next show, because, like, it's, oh. it's, it's done. You know, because it's just so hard to write shows. Like, you just – and sometimes the news is, like, nothing – not even because it's dark. It's just, like, nothing really is happening today. But this right. is our fodder. We have to be talking about the news. And it's, like, well, some senators are sort of being senators. And you're, like, <laughs> okay, like, what? You know, like yeah. – um, so it's, like, hopefully you have a good fun field piece that you've already filmed. So act two is, like, oh, we're done, and that'll be funny. But and maybe then, not. Yeah, so it's, like um, – so I, I learned a lot to, like, not be – which I already kind of knew from improv, but it was fun to do it in a professional setting. Like, learned a lot to not be very precious with things. And, like, that's very trust your gut, where you're like, okay, we pitched this idea today. And they're like, great, write that up. And you get paired with writers, and then you're writing it. And then you're like, is this funny? It's like, you don't really have time to, like, second guess it. Because <laughs> yeah. you have a dress rehearsal, you'll get notes, and then you'll do it. And so if it's a dud, you'll it's be a dud. fine. Yeah, you'll do it again. Like, you'll do another one tomorrow. So that was, like, stand up and, like, bombing 
had to help help yeah. with that. And then as to how like the it like being received, it wasn't like a super by any means popular show, but it is fun to like go read. Well, I to read like YouTube comments about oh. yourself. <laughs> I have a good relationship where I find the um <laughs> the hate speech <laughs> that you receive. I do find it funny. It doesn't that doesn't like beat me up like anonymous internet people like like calling me a trans faggot or something. Right. <laughs> and like okay, I know and I'm not trans, but a lot of people <laughs> seem to think I am online. Um cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but like that to me is like funny and Josh and I Josh Sharp was uh we were partners on the show. We were a, a duo. We would often, after we had a piece air, be like, like the next day be like, let's pull up YouTube and just read the comments because we, we both got a kick out of it. But I know it can be incredibly destructive for other people to right. do. We had a friend, Laura Laura Gray was on the show, another correspondent on the show. And she was like, don't do that. What the fuck are you doing? And we're like, it's funny. <laughs> Listen to this. Hang yourself. You fucking faggot. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked that. Uh, and a, a lot of the, like, why do they talk like that? I love that. Okay, so <laughs> like that means that you're, like, that. doing something right then. You're yeah, you, if people off, hate you. Delicious. And Comedy Central is so unique in that they have, especially, like, in the teens, the tens, whatever we call this decade, is, like, they had these cool shows that were like they had the Broad Cities and the Amy Schumers right. and the Key and Peels which is a very different audience from like the Tosh.0 and even South Park which I like South Park but it's you know it's you different. get like some bros yeah. like South Park too so it's they have a mix of people that watch that network so you get like when people like this isn't funny fuck this is like this one might not be for you this you might be more into Tosh and F- that's fine FX has that too also F- HBO F- FX will be like we're doing Fosse Verdon yes and then a show called Breeders yeah. about like yeah. what it's like being married yeah 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 and then a show called Curb Stomp where we yeah. go out and hate crime people and HBO will be like following following Enlightened we're gonna do Ballers oh I know and it's like HBO has to play to like I mean when you think about how HBO started like their big hit drama is The Sopranos and their big hit comedy is Sex and the City and it's like you just got a lot of different (laughs) types you've got like Jersey guys and then like gals yeah (laughs) like you know you you, so they definitely have oh my god we have to talk about Six Feet Under because you love Six Feet Under that's my favorite really that's my favorite show of all time I've watched it every episode so many times I I feel like (laughs) I really speaking of HBO Six Feet Under is really hard because there's a lot of people who you know Six Feet Under is one of those shows I don't know if you agree with this it it started at the end of the 90s and it continued in the early 2000s yeah ended like 2005 Yeah. yeah so when the show starts it looks kind of like a bit of a dated 90s show but yes. as it progresses similarly to Sex and the City actually and Completely. Buffy it like starts looking better it it like comes into itself more yes. it really like evolves very quickly like i think personally Season one to season two is like a quantum leap. Yeah, and I love season one, but yeah, it is definitely like people don't people. Are, so I know I've a lot had many friends say like this it. is dated. Yeah, and like, they'll it's, start it. It's actually not, and like, like remember they were inventing industry standard. I know. I'm <laughs> so like, like, yeah. So I'm this like, is what why shows don't look you like just now? like have season one on while you fold your laundry? And I promise you, by the time season two is rolling and Brenda's having her nervous breakdown, yeah. you will not be able to. Blink. You're in, babe. You're in. There's um a scene in the pilot, and I was in like yeah. right when the pilot started. Oh, I was yeah. in, but oh, when I was really in is um. 
Francis. The, the, the premise of this show is that a patriarch of a family dies. But, yeah. but this happens in the first like minute of the show, so this is not a spoiler. And then you just deal with the family who run a funeral home. But the wife um, and mother, Frances Conroy, when she gets the call that he is dead, just like throws all the <laughs> knives out of the knife block and it's like screaming and I was like I will I will bleed for this show forever no I've never seen anything like that before or since I um... <laughs> like throwing <laughs> knives in the like just throwing them up it's like oh my god her scene in season five when um, she finds out that the man she was married to and recently split up with is already engaged to a new woman she goes to confront the new uh, fiance and the then and she goes, you know, the woman says to Ruth, like, how do I know you're not some crazy angry lady? And Ruth goes, I am not angry! <laughs> and she picks up a vase and shatters it and walks out. And I was talking with Melissa Stokowski about it. Like, that performance by Frances Conroy is so consistent, first episode to last episode. Oh, yeah. Like, the character is fully formed. Oh, in yeah. The, in the pilot. In it's the pilot. unbelievable. And obviously grows and changes because that's right. the point. But it's like, oh, she had it down. We weren't like a lot of shows where it's like, oh, we finally found, I'm just saying Chandler. I'm sure Chandler was great in the pilot. <laughs> but it's like, oh, we found him in season two, season yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. And like, no, we knew Ruth like the moment we met Ruth. It was like, Here, <sighs> we got her. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched it many times and every time I watch it, the older I get, I get like, oh shit, how did I, I completely missed this yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it like, it just ages really well. It does. And it's like still real, like the story is, it's still like edge of your seat TV. Yes. Like you have to watch the next. That was the first show that I watched that was like, oh my God, we have to watch the next episode. Like yes. binged it because it was like, I can't, I have to know what happens. And it's not something I've, I kind of resent, which I associate this, this is so broad. <laughs> I associate this with kind of straight storytelling, which mm-hmm. if I think about Westworld, I loved Watchmen, but I lump Watchmen in here too, which is like the show is built on these mysteries and in the final episode we reveal that everything you thought was wrong and like we've been yeah. fooling you all along, which right. I understand is valid, but a show like Six Feet Under, I actually feel this way about Buffy too. They're actually like, we are not going to like withhold anything from you. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to give everything to you as it's happening and the like the the consequences and the characters are are what's going to keep you right. coming back. And there are twists, yes. but it's not like the twist is like actually they're on Mars. Exactly. You know, you're like, "Oh, there." Yeah, like the twist is that like I didn't expect this person to whatever do this or yes. do that. You know, it's character driven sort of twists. Um, yeah. not like the mechanism of the world or whatever comes in and is like, that's the twist. Yes. Do you have like a character or a season or anything that like... I love that show. And I mean, the men are all very incredibly talented in it, but like all those women. It's like (laughs) Frances Conroy, Lauren Ambrose, Justina Machado, Joanna Cassidy. Rachel Griffiths. Rachel Griffiths, yes. Oh my God. And like even (gasps) Patricia Clarkson, Kathy Bates. Bates. It's like, give me these women. Like, give them to me. The Kathy Bates it's Patricia Clarkson, Francis yes. Conroy. It's like obviously Ryan Murphy saw that and was like, "Oh yeah, I can do that." Me too. too. And yeah, it's like I love them. <laughs> yeah. Oh Ryan Murphy. Because I think when Ryan Murphy writes those kinds of, especially Joanna Cassidy who plays Margaret, like yes. so Brenda's mom, Margaret is 
kind of a Ryan Murphy character in that she's yeah. like this, unhinged diva like kind middle of middle like, age like yeah. wears furs says like crazy things yeah 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 but is offensive everything like, she says is true mm-hmm. anytime that she says something horrible to Brenda it's good because yeah. it's so vicious and psycho but it's also a very good read and she's manipulative but she's yes. like I don't care like <laughs> I, I want something from you so I'm going to manipulate you like it's like it's very like fun like fun acting too like they know like they know their tactics they yes. know their objectives like they go into the scene like yeah I'm gonna say this to you because I want you to do this the <laughs> one that recently like I've been thinking about it every day since I rewatched it in season two when Margaret finds out that her husband is having an affair mm-hmm. she takes Brenda to the spa to confront um the like the mistress right and she completely loses her mind. She rips the girl out of the car and, like, yells at her and beats her up. And then Brenda's like, you're insane. And Margaret says this thing. I've been thinking about it every single day where she's like, this is life. People, like, things get messy and people bring out the best and worst in each other. Yeah. And, like, you need to, like, be a part of that. Like, you're not better than this right. bitch. And it's like... Fuck. It's so good. Yeah. It's a wonderful show. Anyway, I had to talk to you no, about it. No, thank you. I, I, I was, when I was writing my solo show, it was like, I would save an episode of Six Feet at the end of the night as like my treat to yeah, like yeah, yeah. come down. Right, right. And now I'm doing that with Hannibal, but Hannibal's very dark. But they're both and lot of like, dark. I haven't seen Hannibal, but I imagine it's a lot of like murders. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it's, it's sexy. Sexy? Ever heard of a sexy murder? <laughs> heard of a hot guy killing someone? Hannibal, I think you would love. I'm it's sure. Beautiful. And I, I used to read those. Oh, I mean, I have read those, the Thomas Harris Oh, books. okay. It's basically like the Thomas Harris books, but if queer people did mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So, and... Wait, he's not gay in it, is he? It's just very he's now where they're like, he would have his he's dick sucked. Because <laughs> it's all about, it's very like Notes on a Scandal, Phantom of the Opera, where oh, great. Hugh Dancy, who's Will Graham and Mads Mikkel. Mads Mikkelsen, who is Hannibal Lecter, are basically, like, seducing each other via murder. Yeah, 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 fun. And then, of course, we have um, uh, Gillian Anderson comes in. Right. Wait, did you ever watch the anime show Death Note? No, I didn't. That's very, like, um, two young men, both geniuses, like, at, at opposite sides, like at each other but and you're like you guys want to fuck I know and they like respect each other one's good one's evil oh, you know and they're like love that dance. they're like play, yes playing a chess game with with lives <laughs> I just love like Hannibal and Six Feet I just love that they like occupy these really ambiguous spaces mm-hmm. Six Feet there's just all these seasons where it's like when Nate when when Lisa dies and Nate's just like living at home. These are spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> and like when none of the characters like know what they're doing with yeah. their lives, it's so like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And I I mean at the time when I was watching it, I was probably learning like Claire's age. So very much relate to that journey of like, oh, I'm going to art school and like this is gonna fix everything. And then you're like, wait, art school is like maybe not gonna fix everything. And yes. they're like, well, I guess I'll get a corporate job. And you're like, I'm gonna kill myself. And very oh, yes. like I were really um was walking that road with her. <laughs> so Same. very, like, relatable. But yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, because there's also, when she has her art opening, mm-hmm. she's, like, she really thinks she's hot shit, and yeah, she's, yeah, like, yeah. doing all this coke, and uh, oh, Olivier yeah. has oh, this God. line where he's, like, for success, 
then the fall. And it's like, oh my <laughs> Which God. again, like you said, is like, it's true, but it's yeah. so vicious. And you're like, just let her enjoy her art. But it is like that. Yeah, you're like, oh, look at you. You uh, think you're hot corruption. Yeah, uh, just wait. Um, what are you watching now? What am I watching now? What am I watching now? I watched Cheer, which was all the rage. Yeah, um, with the girls. With the gals. I can't think of, I don't know if I have a show right now. That is like a like a fictional show. I'm I'm to always watch like some dumb reality TV competition yeah. to to pass the hours. Yeah, to get through this fucking existence. This... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the book and oh, right, the right, show right, right. come out April seventh. April 7th, very auspiciously. Yes. Uh, the show is at Joe's Pub mm-hmm. at nine thirty. Nine thirty p.m. I love that slot. Yeah, what come on. Then we can go out after. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, in the West Village. Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> and where can people follow you? I just want you to say this handle out loud. Oh yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter as Aaron Jackson eight five, which who cares? But Fine. I'm on um, Instagram as Garbage Troll. <laughs> Garbage Troll. But social media is yeah. a plague. So, yeah, just just wanted to say that it's just a scourge, but it's a scourge. And uh, the book is being published by Harper Collins. Harper follow Collins. them, why don't you? Yeah, give them a follow. <laughs> yeah, they would love. They'll follow you right. Back. They'll follow you right back. Um, thank you. I'm so excited oh God, to read the book. I'm so done. glad we got to talk about yeah. this like process. Thank you for letting me literalize thank you everything. Thank for having me. Oh my God. Um, okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of The Luminaries, let me know. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Write a glowing encomium. Share it on your Instagram stories. Email it to your Aunt Joan. And help make this series bigger and better with every episode. Thank you for listening, and let's grow together. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.